podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. I make things. Well, hello. Hello. Hi. I caught us in mid-talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Busted. <laughs> talk again. Well, well, you talk. Oh, there you go. You're yeah. good. How about yeah. you? Why don't you talk? Thank you for joining us for season 25, episode 20 of Happy Jokes RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Pooja. I'm Stork. I'm Jason. And it's the new year. <laughs> <laughs> It now is. we can see clearly now. I don't know. The rain man. has gone. It's just well, been a complete and total like blur for me. I was going to go into twenty twenty. It oh, it's episode twenty, the first episode in twenty twenty. Oh, that's true. That's so many twenties. You really planned that out well. I did. I did. Well I, done. I skipped just enough episodes to get the numbers to line <laughs> <Yep>. up perfectly. <laughs> All right. In this episode of Happy Jacks, I'm take gum out of my mouth. In this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, who was that? <laughs> Jason writes not, in, but not me, about mixing spell-based and freeform magic systems. There can be only one, Jason. Un- I mean, there actually is only one, Jason. We just are in multiple places at the same time, right? Uh, Uncommon man sends us another GMing exercise, and Jimto writes in about a player getting a little too into his character. But not in the way you think. It's strange. Yeah, it is a little weird. But <laughs> it's it a is. weird. It's a weird. It's one. a weird take. <laughs> but first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail That's happyjacksrpg at gmail We have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. Go to happyjacksforum.com and go in there and sort of flame war if you want. No, no don't, don't do that. Do that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. It's been flame free for quite some time now. Yeah, let's not let's not start that again. It's not like Australia in there. Too soon. Is it? It's still really? happening. Yeah, still happening. And um, so we'd like to apologize for what Stork just said to <laughs> all of our listeners down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we're also on the social medias. Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MeWe. Lies. MeWe space. doesn't exist. My, I'm going to start a MySpace page. MySpace still exists. It might still exist. It I think, does still exist. I think exist. a lot of musicians use it. Maybe we need a, a live journal. That's, oh, yeah. That still exists too. Yes, it does. That would be amazing. Oh, what's one I'm thinking of that's gone? Tribe. Tribe. Tribe is gone. So, uh, and Rip Friendster. Oh, is Friendster Fre- gone? Friendster was was my very first social media platform. Mm. And AOL Chat is also. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that was. Yeah, that would have been. Well, does IRC was yeah. my real, like, first. You know, <laughs> BBCs and IRC. Right. Oh. I remember. The BBs. Yeah. BBSs. Mm-hmm. Like oh, BBS, yeah. yeah. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to happyjacks.org slash live on Friday at 7.12 p.m. Pacific time and see our faces there. Mixing magic from Jason. Hello, anonymous members of the weekly 12-step jacking meeting. <laughs> oh, that sounds Hi, my name real is, different. My I'm name Jason. is Stork and I'm a gamer. Hi, Stork. <laughs> uh, I would like to hear a discussion on the topic of vague and discrete magic systems. For the purposes of this discussion, I will provide some light definition. However, please do not feel constrained wholly by these definitions, but instead feel free to wonder. Defining. Discrete magic systems are tradition, traditional magic systems like D&D, GURPS, yeah, uh, etc. Uh, magic users have a specific list of spells which describe in detail their abilities. Little or no rules are provided 
for using your magical powers on the spot to have an effect on the game world that is not clearly defined by the rules. A vague magic system uh, is most uh, vague magic systems are mostly most easily described by the PBTA world of systems. I don't well know of others, and as a side note, please feel to drop notes on them so I can check them out. My goal, while I am most comfortable and familiar with discrete magic systems, and they are easiest to use, I am constantly reminded in books and movies <coughs> of magic-using folks simply doing things by calling upon their magical powers. Example given. In the show Stranger Things, Eleven doesn't have discrete spells or powers. She instead has a very vague ability which is defined mostly by plot. This is the kind of ability I'd like to work on representing. Uh, she thinks it, I think that's what mm-hmm. she thinks it, yeah. and concentrates slash focuses, and it happens. Overall goal here is it's easy enough to find narrative slash vague systems, but I'm particularly interested in finding a way, finding ways to mix the two. Um, I feel it is inherently simple to consider a discrete magic system based on points, levels, whatever measurement, and allow a player to simply spend a certain amount of points to achieve an effect. Drink, Jason. Oh, don't drink me. Are you drinking Mm. Crown Royal? Is that Crown Royal? He has a Pacifica. I have Fireball. Yeah. What's Fireball? What's in that mug? What have you got there? This this mug here is sponsored by Rise Corp, bringing life back to the Barons. (laughs) (laughs) What's it say on the other side? Um, Every gear in its place. (laughs) They know how to run a business. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, That's from the HR department? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't all mugs really from the HR department? <laughs> or props. Um, so I have to jump right into this and, and yell mage with a capital M. Um, oh, yeah. Which I think is maybe the best example of mixing these, if that's the uh, ultimate goal. They, what they call spells the ropes? spheres. Well, well, you have the spheres of magic. Right. And you, you'll learn three, four, five of them right, off the, right out of the gate um, out of nine or ten. Right, and um, there are rote spells That's that is, yeah. are, uh, you know, it's life plus time, and that's your heal spell, right? Mm-hmm. It is like it's this and this. Roll this; it has this definite effect, um, and so <clears throat> those function as examples. But at any point, you could say, "Oh, well, you know, I have life three and space two. So maybe I could like grow a quick tree that I could climb up, and you know like or or like life and space and time, and I'm gonna roll those dice and see if I can grow a tree, and <laughs> or, or or time lord one of the two right yeah I mean any of the above, um, but that is built into the game to freestyle like that like you that's you, so cool you you learn your spheres you take some rotes based on your sort of background as a mage like your. <laughs> Your your tribe, you know, whatever. You're, it's sort of like how vampire heads and werewolf, and you know, have all those groups. It works the same. And um, it's this is a fairly elegant. I think mage is my well, changeling is my favorite white wolf, but mage is my next favorite white wolf setting uh, and it's game system. Funny that you bring up changeling because it seems to me like it can also be kind of a mix of the two. And I mean, full disclosure, I haven't played. I'm talking about like from listening to Adams. Changeling game. Well, we were pretty fast and loose with the rules. It's it's really it's actually fairly prescriptive what you can and can't do in Changeling. Oh, okay. But it depends on how you want to play it. Mm. 
The now now there's a GURPS book called GURPS Dermatology. GURPS. Yeah. <laughs> that has um, <laughs> uh, free f- uh, a couple different ways of doing freeform magic in it as well. The pro- the, the the problem that I've always found with freeform magic stuff. Now, if you're playing mage, everyone's playing mages, so there's not there's no no worry about any sort of game balance thing. Oh yeah, but the thing I know because I, I I put that in the the magic system for a moment of truth. There's like a big list of spells, and then there's like here's how you can kind of come up with something off the cuff. Yeah. Uh, they often come up with something that ends up being either too powerful or like inconsequential mm-hmm. one of the two it's hard to hit the spot where okay yeah you've 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 done the thing you need to do and then suddenly it becomes oh this is I'm going to be a one trick pony now I'm going to just do this one yeah, thing every yeah. time because it's super powerful um, and, and that because god I, I've been screwing around with trying to come up with freeform magic systems since the 90s because yeah. I, I wrote the original happyjacks.org was happyjacks GURPS resources mm. And I wrote out rules for an uh, improvised magic system, very kind of similar. It had it had uh, wasn't spheres, but it had like a hierarchy of it, it's like the uh, the elements, and like yeah. And then there's another one for like uh, life and death and something else. And but there's there was like a, these this hierarchy of things that you skills that you would learn, and then you can combine them to create effects. But the whole problem with doing it is, it's first, it's kind of time-consuming. There's and there's always going to be some kind of negotiation between the player playing the mage and the GM, going, "Well, I want to be able to do this." And it's like, and, and then you have to figure out, okay, what's the actual like, especially if it's like a damaging spell. Right. You want to be real careful and not create something that's better than all of the the actual spells that were written out. Right. Or like the abilities that other players have and could never get to. That was another big problem <coughs> I had in it because the it magic system was way overpowered compared to everything else. And if you look at like earlier D&Ds, like as you get to higher levels, it's like, oh, suddenly your spellcasting classes like basically take on everything by themselves. Yeah. Yes. Matter. Yeah, and the fighter's like, I hit it again, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. Your ranger's <laughs> like, oh, I need more arrows. Yeah. <laughs> fighter's peak early. Yeah. But... I mean, it is one thing to say, like, in my opinion, house rules are the way you do this. Like, if you take, like, a discrete magic system, like you were saying with Changeling, that that it's actually pretty well-defined in the game, but then the GM can can relax those a little bit for the, the base of the story, or something like Monster of the Week. And this is a discussion, actually, oh, that's, that's going on in the forums right now about how... You as a GM like work within a system where everyone can do magic. Yeah. Like all of your players can do like basic spells, but you need to define for yourself and for the game what that base level is. Like what kind of stuff can everybody do? Or then if you have characters that are playing like a specific spellcasting class, like what kind of level of stuff do you want them to be able to do compared to everybody else? And that way, because technically in that game, like if you let it get away from you. Everybody's just going to keep rolling, use magic, and it, that's all that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think Monster of the Week does really well, and that I tried to emulate as best I could in Demigods, is that um, that list of things you can do. And even when you engage that list, you're rolling plus your weird, I think is the, what mm-hmm. they call it as well. Um, uh, and so if you have a high weird, you're more likely to be able to carry off something, and if it's low. But they also 
kind of firewalled. Here's a, a like everyday use magic, and then they have their big magic, yeah. which is really clear and comes with baked in sort of backfire effects that you know it's somewhat prescribed but you get to you know mix and match and then you know let it I roll think those forward. backfires are very important if you've got a really powerful magic system because there needs to be a consequence yeah. if things go right and it needs to be you need to like the the, the bigger the blast the more it's going to affect me if it goes wrong mm-hmm. so then there's this there's this chance for the magic user goes I don't know if I want to roll this yeah oh yeah well, that was one of the biggest problems I had <clears throat> with the first version of the magic system for a moment of truth is that backfire list. It started out only affecting the mage, but after a while, the effect sort of becomes less contained. Yeah. So everyone around you starts taking like psychic damage or something like that, including bad guys and good guys. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where it's like, well, we're in a really dire situation here. I'm just going to go ahead and like just overpower everything until I get that. That that one backfire that's going to solve this situation, maybe. Oh, so they would they would literally just suicide bomb themselves, like kind of. backfire themselves just to take everybody out. Wow, kind yeah, of, or just take the risk. That's right. Um. Oh, there's, there's a siren. The dogs are singing along with the siren. Oh, well, that was very strange. They'll yeah. both get going here in a minute. I oh. was like, I was ready to to um, run into the back room. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. So, so, something else you could do um, <laughs> with your. <laughs> this, is, this is great. I hope this is coming over the microphone. You know, let me put him inside. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I mean, literally, I was like, I have self-preservation skills honed by years of being the only person of color in white space, and I am not going to be the first one to go down here. <laughs> wolves, yeah. Literal, well, not really literal wolves. These are the worst wolves you've ever met. <laughs> They're the cutest little friendliest wolves. You were in the middle of something before that um, happened. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is there are a lot of things you can do with feedback, backfire, um, costs. Um, you know, in Mage, it's called Paradox. There are things you can do that aren't damage as well, like um, Monster of the Week and um, uh, I think Apocalypse World and, and uh, Mage does this as well. There are Paradox effects that could be damage or you summon something you didn't mean to summon and and now that's just a thing you have to deal with right. in the story or um, suddenly you um, you you can't see your friends you know they're around you but you can't you can see but you just can't see the, you know it's just coming up with little things like that can help balance out the risks and reward of something like that where it's not necessarily damaged especially in a system where maybe like hit points or whatever isn't the number one point of playing like like in mage, you do combat, but you're sort of alive or dead <laughs> in mage. Like you've you've either blown up or not, or it's or it's before you've blown up. Right. Um, you've either blown up or you're on your way to blowing up. Right. Or like in a PBTA game, you most often have five six health at most. You know, and it's, yeah. it's mage is on my short list of things I really want to play. Oh, I, I've been looking for a really flexible <clears throat> magic game for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, this sounds really interesting. I'm actually going to look um, it up. I, I actually have on. a couple other things that I was going to bring up. I think I remember trying to play. A hero game once where we just had the magic users as a big point pool, power pool. They had that, yeah. And you basically when you run pool. out of power, right. you know, whatever, however dice you want to throw into it is how much your power points cost. And then when you're out of power, you're out of, you're out of spells. You can't do anything. But you can do anything in the book, I think. You can hmm. pick ice, you can pick... But but then you just you take, you subtract from your power to a power pool. Mm. Let's say it's 13 and you wanted to use half of it, right? So you use 6, right? And then you roll your dice. But 
And that is self-limiting because after two or three blasts, they can't do anything anymore, right? Right. And there's also the fact that that there, again, can be time-consuming because the player is just, oh, I'm going to do this one specific thing that I've never done before, so I need to read up the rules on how to do it right, right. now. Right, yeah, it can be. And that's, and that's the downside of Mage's system, is if, you're, if you go outside the ropes, um, there is there has to be a whole conversation between you and the GM of like, well, yeah, I have this sphere and this sphere, and I think maybe I could do this, and... Maybe there's an example in the book, or maybe it's something no one's ever thought of before, and the GM right. is going like, "I guess let's roll dice and see what happens." Um, yeah, the the what what this email reminds me is, is is reading the Dresden Files books mm. because there's there's one book, uh, it's the one with Splattercon, with the Phobophages, where they're he he's he's in the back of a van and this thing is chasing them down the street, and he he takes his staff and he like hits it on the ground. And he and he sends out fire, mm. but he's pulling the heat out of the city streets. Okay, which causes the city streets the water to condense and then ice over, Jeez. causing the phobophage to flip over, and okay. they're able to get away. Oh, this is the dinosaur. No, it wasn't the dinosaur one. It's uh, it's oh, God, I can't remember what it's oh, called. Those books all merge together it's, in my it's brain. Spl- it's, it's the spl- it's the one where it's one with the horror convention. I know you say that, but like that's not doing yeah. it. Like I, I need more. I don't know the book. Sorry. So. Uh, it's got the scabus in it, the white court vampire. Oh, that, yes. I, I think that's the first time he shows up. It might be the first time he shows up. But uh, but the, you know, being able to emulate stuff like that really cool in a game. Yeah. And, and you, you, it's it's got to be some kind of freeform system to be able to do that. <clears throat> but it's hard to know. Okay, what what is the effect of this going to be? Because once you, it, it, it seems like once you come up with a decision, although I guess it doesn't have to be, but once you come up with a decision like, okay, when you, when you do this sort of improvisational spell, this is what the effect is, and then you kind of have to live with that yeah. from then well, on. It, well, not necessarily. Like, if your magic system is, is something that is unpredictable, you could go to do the same thing again, as long as everyone at the table knows. Right. You know, like, look, yeah, try to do it again. I don't know what's going to happen. The, the, I forget what word you were saying flipped over because it, it was icy. A phobophage. Is that, was that a good thing to happen or a bad thing? It was thing a good thing to happen. Yeah, yeah, so to me that would be, or at least in, in PBTA parlance, the you know seven and nine would be you got the fire to go, right? Right. A six minus, your fire spell went off, and then you iced the road and your truck you know slid off the road. Mm-hmm. Right. But then on the ten plus... You got the fire to go, iced the road, and their truck flipped over. You got like a double benefit, right? Of you know, but that's really only possible if you take a system like PBTA or um, in Mage White Wolf. You know, if you get five or more successes, then you you have some sort of exceptional success. Um, but if you don't have any way to measure um, degree of success, you know, uh, it it. It's hard to have it be binary on or off. I, I, I suppose you could do that with a lot of systems. You just have to. You just have to house rule it. You have to say, yeah. Like if you're playing GURPS, if you uh, if you make it exactly this happens. If you make it by three or more, or if you make it by you know five or more, whatever. Right. So and that and that would be a, a way to not have to always live with that certain mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. See, I kind of love that. Where like if you. M- Define your parameters early, at least in terms of where the dice are, and then you, as a player and a GM, figure out what your extra bonuses are, or the GM will, you know, tell you what your extra penalties are, like the unintended consequences. Right. Um, and so long as y'all agree, like early on, kind of what those, what those plus and minuses, like what your your range are, mm-hmm. 
is, or what your range is, <laughs> right. um, then at least you have like a path for going forward that doesn't seem arbitrary. Because my biggest thing with vague magic systems is that they can seem arbitrary on what one player is allowed to do at one point and versus what a player is allowed to do later on mm-hmm. or somebody else is allowed to do. That that unless you're really like patrolling it as a GM, you can end up with a very like a system that doesn't hold to its own standards. Mm-hmm. I yes, and uh, it, it occurs to me that this was a problem with the psionic system in D anD D back in the day, because psionics. Well, it was so much more free form. It was things like levitate <coughs> and telepathy, and and then I'm not. I don't remember, and I don't even know if the new D anD D has it. I haven't even checked to see if it has psionics or yet. Um, but, I, I don't think they had it in fourth been, either. It's always been treated slightly differently and much more free form. It's like if you have levitate, okay. And now all of a sudden, if you have levitate, you can levitate the the thing out of the bridge, so the bridge collapses. Or maybe you can levitate that rock and move it. It's a much more free form thing as opposed to hurl missile. It's like you pick up the rock and hurl it with your mind. What's what's the difference? Now you're rolling the damage for the rock that the rock would take. That that's a way to to work in a free form thing where you just have forces that you can use. And it's again, it'd be a verbal thing like I don't. <coughs> I want to try to ruin his mind. All right, well, roll a roll a dice, and here's what you need to succeed. And you know, you can give him a headache uh, or whatever, and or make his brain pop, or make his brain pop, depending. Uh, I want to I want to pull the the tree out and have it collapse in front of the road to hasten our escape. Okay, well, you know, roll roll your levitate, and that's what. In fact, in, in Stranger Things, that's what she has: is psychic powers, and, yeah. and her mind, is, you know, her, her nose ends up bleeding itself too. Um, I'm not sure, like in D and D, what the limit is for that. But again, it's just forces, and it's up to the mage or the psionic to figure out how he wants to use those forces. Um, there's does you're right. There does need to be some accountability. Like if you succeed, do you just do the thing. Do you pull the whole castle down with a with a success? Well, see, uh, where's the power? One of the because I, I guess psionics in a lot of in a lot of ways is kind of a vague magic system. That's what I'm trying to say. Because yeah. even in Traveler, Mongoose Traveler Second Edition, it's it, it kind of gives you some examples of what you can do with them. It's like at, or weight limits if you're trying to mm-hmm. if you're trying to do uh, psychokinesis and things like that. Um, so yeah, it does kind of it, it is it is a little freeform, but kind of nerfed at least in in Traveler. If you go up against a psionicist and you've got a blaster, you're going to win. Yeah, unless <laughs> unless he, you know he's he's able to like make make you go blind, or if he's able to pull your blaster out of your hand. If he can, if he if he has time. <laughs> I think because um, I was just reading through the psionics rules because I was working on that for the the Exodus thing, and I'm like, they kind of suck a little. Yeah, it's because it's kind of a. You know, it's an all powerful thing. I think yeah, other, yeah. Well, I, I, I think they went a little too far the other way, though. And that's often, like, I find often the case that when you've either got like people systems that are so afraid of magic being <clears throat> the end all be all, that they're kind of it's flavor only. Right, it kind of is. Yeah. A- and the thing is, you have to to be able to make like by default rules to be able to make a character that has psionics. Infinitesimally small, and the fact that the payoff for it is so small is well, except for except for telepathy. The, telepathy is a very powerful thing. The, the interesting thing for this for me is mixing. So, like Traveler, the setting doesn't seem like a psionics world to me. Right. You know, it seems like the Expanse. You know, mm-hmm. like like cool sci-fi shit and. 
okay, protomolecule is basically magic, but whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but um, if you look at every system that's tried to do Star Wars, you know, there's Jedi and everybody else yeah. in the rule set. Um, I, I think Westing Games was pretty close to it. There's a PBTA hack that's really good, but um, you either want to play a bunch of scoundrels and, and you know stormtroopers or something, or you want a group of Jedi and Padawan. And and because there's no version of those two getting together and and like, unless everyone agrees, yeah, yeah, he's the most powerful guy at the table. Whatever, that's not that's not a problem for you know like we all agree and that's fine. Great, that's the guy who can pull a ship out of the air right. and um and you stop can, a blaster bolt and you can draw your blaster real quick. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there's just no balance and to you're, that. And you're back to the mage and fighter dilemma. Right. <laughs> right. And and I think D&D at least has the conceit of the fighter can get magical weapons and armor and maybe um you know they the, in 5th edition the fighter abilities get pretty spectacular later on. It's it's impressive. Um but any system that is trying to mix those things is is inherently struggling. Well, Traveler is Firefly. And River yeah. was a psionicist. And she was the most powerful thing in the setting. But, and as yes. an RPG, that's unbalanced and less yeah. fun. As a movie or a novel or whatever, it's great. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, Eleven could blow up everyone's mind in the town, but that's not what right. she's about. Yeah. And so, yep. you know. That's the same but, yeah. thing with the Harry Dresden novels. Yep. I mean, uh, unless he's uh, he's at the White Court, or, or no, what, what do they call it, White Council, mm-hmm. he's the most powerful person around. Right. But the moment he gets with all these old, crotchety old mages, then suddenly... Right. Yes, I mean, that's a great novel and a right. less great RPG. Oh, um, exactly. And that's... I mean, part of it, too, is, like... He had, he had to be paired up against a bunch of, like, magical creatures <coughs> who had their own set of rules that they were roaming by and all right. of this other stuff in order to, like, find somebody and we, like he was on par with. Or you have, like, the... The, um... Alex uh, Veritas or whatever those novels are uh, where the main character is an oracle he can like flip through possible futures in his mind that's his magical power they are very very close to the Dresden novels in fact like the first one has a a straight up call out to (coughs) the Dresden books except these are set in London okay oh boy but because he's that world he is working within like a lot of other mages and they all have their own specialties. And because his is kind of so quote-unquote passive <coughs> as well, and he can like pick futures that he wants, but it takes a little bit of time, and it, he has to be able to see the branching paths. Mm-hmm. That, like, I think of, like, those books as actually being more, like, RPG-like to, like, the fantasy novels that Dresden is. Right. And we all commented on the power curve <coughs> in Dresden. I mean, he gets oh, to be terrible. so high that he ended up having to end up nerfing. He had to kill his character. Spoilers. To, uh, to bring I mean, back it's to been like again. ten years. Oh, he's still stronger than he was before yeah. that, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still he's still ramping up. The power creep is crazy. You were gonna say something from the chat room? Uh, gr- the real great worm said that four E added side stuff when they did Dark Sun. Mm. Oh, which would make yeah, sense. I forgot about that. I didn't that's, never knew. That's about a good that. poll. And what's funny to me is that there's a double standard in our mind. It's like magic users have spells. This is what they use. It's psionics is much more freeform. Well, why don't you just call your magic? Psionics and have done with it, and then you can just freeform your way through your magic system. It's just it's just a label, and then we say the label, and we think, oh, well, I can only cast a fireball. 
I mean, I've been working on a game for the longest time where it's basically a freeform magic game, and I've got I've, I've run back and forth with all the various possibilities of, of ways things can work. And the thing is, you kind of have to make magic kind of ubiquitous so that everybody has a little taste of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, <coughs> like you said, <coughs> one guy can nerf the whole town, and the other people are like, "Well, by the time we get there with our swords, they're all dead." You know. Not to mention the fact that that one player, if you have one person using an improvisational magic system, is going to be hogging a lot of time. Because every time it comes around to their right. their turn, there's gonna ha- there has to be a whole discussion. Right. Yeah, at least in Mage, everyone at the table is having the same conversation, or maybe able to jump in. Or like, oh, well, you don't have life magic. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Like every like I've only played in a few Mage games, but it was always a really fun discussion of like, can I do this weird thing? And you know, everyone was interested in. Deciding whether that made sense or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Mine is mu- mostly about creating spells from different forces, and mm-hmm. then you can store a spell in a wand or a staff. So, but you have to cast that spell and charge it, and then it, it runs out. Right. Um, and then it's a power pool system. So by the time you're done casting a spell or something, you're out of power. And you gotta <coughs> you gotta wait. I'm thinking things like Harry Potter or. Um, uh, was it RFC and such where they kind of oh, yeah. can mm-hmm. only do a certain amount and then they're tired and can't do anything anymore? Does that happen in Harry Potter? It, don't they always get. Um, they, they, they start. Yeah, yeah I mean, they not. do indicate that there's some amount of stamina involved. Because he keeps trying sometimes to get his Patronus and I don't know. Or, I or that's force they're of lame because they're learning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we've beaten that horse to death. All right. it's a, it is an interesting thing. I think uh, I, I'm a big fan of freeform magic, and if anybody comes up with a way to make it work really well that we can put into another game system, sign me up. I'm I'm all aboard. I mm. love that. I mean, Cthulhu is pretty freeform, isn't it? I just before we leave what this is? topic forever. Cthulhu called Cthulhu. Oh, now there's like, spe- there's specific <coughs> spells. There's okay. specific spells. I mean, you can name them anything you want, and they encourage you to do that. But there are specific spells, and they're. It's like summon this creature and then bind this creature and things like that. So, okay, so yeah, it's basically like a like a prescribed set of like actions and then you flavor it how you want it to Pretty be. much. Yes. I was curious about that because I didn't read that section on purpose. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you cast a spell. I mean, what, I... What is with these bugs? Oh. Oh, I left those there for you. <laughs> They're full of protein. <laughs> They're probably attracted to your gum. <laughs> At least oh, something's man, attracted come to out the of my gum. Gum box? No, they didn't. Oh, that's so gross. Oh. All, right. All right, thank you, Jason. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> thought-provoking topic, I must say. Yeah. Um, GMing exercise from Uncommon Man. Oh. I oh, like I this. see what this I, is. I, I actually realize now what this first sentence is. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a quote from the from Trollhunter. Yeah. <laughs> Is Almost. it really? It's a it's a paraphrase to say something different. Why waste time? Say lot word when few word do trick. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, right. Why problem make? Oh, where is it? Oh, t- uh-huh. soundboard, soundboard issues. That Perfect is. time. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? There that it one. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think you start as volunteer to read this. Okay, yeah. exercise, exercise two. I don't know why. You, I don't know what happened. Exercise did, one. He, we already had exercise. Yeah, All right. So this is. I'm sorry. This is GMing exercise from Uncommon Man. Why waste time? Say lot word when few word do trick. Exercise the two. <laughs> the setting and system is up to you. Go for what you usually run or something else. The premise. The PCs, air quotes, just got carried away, and now the small hamlet of Outback is no more. One. What, are the immediate, uh, what is the immediate response from the area around Outback? Two, what is the reaction when word spreads of, of the destruction of Outback? Three, 
What is the authority's response? Four, how do you let the PCs know that they are suspected? And five, one of the PCs starts a rumor that the destruction of Outback is the work of their rivals slash enemies. How does that play out? Let's start with one. Are they? Is he crowdsourcing a, an adventure for him? For yeah, us, no, we, we had, yeah, we had another, he had a, did another one of these earlier. Yeah. Okay. There was the tower one with the MacGuffin. Yeah. I think that was it, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I think I was here for that one too. So good timing, uncommon man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the what uh, is the immediate response from the area around Outback? So the the hamlet of Outback is <laughs> so all the farmers and their cows and stuff are like yeah. There's, I, there's I, a big crater where Outback is. I, I have a question zero, which is maybe not in the spirit of this exercise, but like, did the players just do a genocide? Like. Did it kind of sounds like the players did a genocide. Well, yeah. Because, or a mass we murder. Call, we'll say a mass murder. We call yes. it murder hoboism. R- right, but like, <laughs> Let's, murder but of yes. innocence is a, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a hard time engaging with this because if I had a group who said, yeah, we're willing to do this and kill everyone around here because we're cranky. Right, that's that's the let's, version of just got carried away. Let's say they actually cast a fireball in town, and all the little grass huts went on fire. So a few people died, but most everybody just was able to get out and I'll take burn from, their town. I'll take it from the other side, okay? Because I'll I'll use Exodus, the Exodus campaign, because Joey suggested something just like this, yes. except for an entire fucking planet, right? Oh, okay. so oh but I just still, I was just like, I can't believe he suggested that. Like, <laughs> seriously, Death sorry, I'm, like, like it was so like. What? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> but um, I'm going to take it from the medium version of that and go with more of like a, a superhero mass style basis. Okay. Yeah. They, they accidentally yeah. destroyed a small town. Yeah. But didn't kill everyone. No, I that's, would say... That's where I'm at. Um, yeah. I could say that in mine, so that we have the full gambit, that they uh, erased the town from the timeline. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's it another just, option. It just ceased to exist. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So technically not murder because they never existed in the first place. Wow. What is the immediate response from the area around Outback? <clears throat> um. Well, it would be, it would be one of shock and disbelief, and then there, there's refugees. In my in my scenario, where the town just caught fire and fire, wildfire spread, there. People are accepting refugees. People are trying to help their neighbors. People are trying to find lost ones. Probably ones. how word is spreading too. It's how word is spreading is people are running to the out, outlying farms and outlying um, um, warehouses and whatever else is out there to try to. And so they're setting up refugee camps. They're trying to find lost loved ones and all of that. Yeah, and uh, I think you know Twitter is just a wildfire of rumors and suggestions of how this came about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, nobody said this was. Medieval. No, no, no. I, for some reason, am in medieval. So. <laughs> I know that's, what that's everyone fine. Would I mean, the setting and system are up to you. Yeah. So when when Joey's character decides to destroy seventy Opiuchi, mm-hmm. um, a few starships get away to other systems and say and and tell them what happened. So me- word gets to the authorities. Yeah. Gets to the the, the Ustas Navy. Um. In my case, the. Immediate response was kind of a weird, like, blank spot in people's memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like, I feel like there should be something here. Yes, yeah, yeah. so like a weird deja vu. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. What is the reaction when word spreads of the destruction of Wait, did you do yours? Oh, did um, I'm just kind of along for the ride. I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm gonna figure it out. As I'm gonna freestyle. I'm gonna um, <laughs> vague magic it. <laughs> what is the reaction when word? Uh, spread? Oh, you know, I, I I had that wrong. The immediate response: other other for other planets, they're going to try to jump into the 70 OPUG system and help them. Not realizing that he released a dangerous nanotechnology weapon and only increasing more casualties. I see. Well, technically, it was an antimatter weapon that he well, yeah, that it was, he uh, was proposing. But yes, no, if he destroyed the the ancient ship, I guess it could have qu- a quantum bot. Yeah, a quantum, a quantum level. No, no. Though the antimatter would not have destroyed the quantum bots. No, no, they could. You guys didn't have any antimatter. Yeah, we didn't be able to. We, we had to that station, the, the same thing that they had done when they destroyed Station Delta or whatever we were at yes, before. So we, we made That's it. what his proposition was, was we, to use the antimatter weapon. Oh, okay. We may be Sorry. far afield. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going with he's more evil and he wants to use nanotechnology. Okay. So, um, that was, so, so what is the reaction as wor- when word spreads of the destruction? Um, there's... All sorts of rumors. There's uh, whether it was accidental. Some people say it was a, a cow tipped over a lantern. Uh, other people say they swore they saw the the people have a firefight in town when we were all in bed. Um, O'Leary's cow. <laughs> yeah. The Great Chicago Fire, nineteen oh six, something mm. like that. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, so it's a lot of it is uh, rumors, and then eventually it, it comes to light that uh, the player characters that were in fact fingered enough. People saw them having a firefight in the center of town with fireballs that they put two and two together. Yeah, I think uh, I, I do have a, a scenario emerging where it is just a small town in modern day where uh, security cam footage comes to light mm. and Ooh, uh, there you, go. you know shows the characters. You're much more cyberpunk, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, or, or just today, <laughs> okay. modern, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, ring doorbells. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> uh, you know the the reaction when the word spreads is. Well, these are criminals, and we need to track them down and find them. Spend every resource, or our town could be next. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I mean, for seventy OPUG, these are te- this is a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. and we have to hunt them down because yeah. Yeah. they are obviously bent on killing planets. Uh, in my case, I'm going to say that it the. F- First thing that happens is people treat it as a conspiracy theory, yeah. because <laughs> because these people possibly. are like false flag, on false flag. Wait, wake up, people! <laughs> they're on the internet and they're like, "Man, I've been having these really weird dreams. I feel like like there's a part of my life that's missing that I should have had a sister. Like my twin is gone, but I never had a twin. I don't mm. understand what's happening to me. Oh, yeah. um, I have memories of a house with a pool and not this apartment building. What is and that? so, and so, like all of this starts to like coalesce into like bigger and bigger. But it starts off, it starts off as like conspiracy theory, like tinfoil hat shit. I love that. Yeah. What is the authorities' response? Uh, let's see. Because mine, I guess I've defaulted to medieval D and D kind of thing. We know magic exists. We know we, that this happens. It's not like, oh my god, what are you doing? Because it's the entire world is. Revolves around magic and magical creatures, so they know that people were having. But clearly, they something went wrong, and they need to be brought in and questioned and held accountable because they burned down the town. If nothing else, they need to help pay for restitution and you know help rebuild the town. So uh, bounties are put up, and uh, they get getting together squads of villagers to try to track these people down. Ah, uh, with pitchforks yeah. <laughs> and torches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's it's you know leveling every 
human resource, you know, every uh, 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 police agency and enforcement agency is like, this is a horrible act of destruction that is a nightmare if it's ever repeated. And, you know, it's already a nightmare this happens again. Superman can punch people through buildings and everybody pats him on the back but in reality <laughs> there would be like somebody's got to pay for this. You right. know how many skyscrapers you just destroyed? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think you activate the, 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 the uh, secret psi organization. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you start combing, combing the stars to find them mm-hmm. and, and hold them in place until you can capture them. Yeah. My, uh, oh, are we on three or no? Oh, go ahead. I, I think, oh, no, you didn't. You didn't do yours yet, did you? No. Well, here we are in three. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, right, the conspiracy theory. So I, uh, I would say that the the kind of like shield analog or Men in Black analog is put on the is put on the trail of who perpetrated this. Mm. So the government does not publicly acknowledge anything, but they do have like a task force that is mm. now hunting down. Cool. Great Worm has a great response. The authorities want to conscript them before they start working for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's possible. They do have some damage to work off. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, you know, if they can come back and show like, oh, this was an accident or it was on purpose and they were fine with it, that's that's a really different reaction as well. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, did, how do you let the PCs know that they are suspected? You're suspected. Well, immediately. <laughs> Your News name teams. is on every like television and billboard. This and picture of just... all of you setting this fire is very suspicious. <laughs> you are suspected. You're on milk cartons now. Yeah. Joey's character in his cape. Release the n- <laughs> nano weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I um, d- depending on if the players are still in the area, um, if they're hanging out, you know, counting the loot or whatever, they're pretty easy to track down with the mobs. Otherwise, I would literally have bounty hunters. Show up wherever they are. You know, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption in the last <laughs> week, so there's all this bounty hunting going on, and I would just like, how cool would it be if you're just minding your own business at the Green Dragon Inn, and some war mage comes in and goes no, and starts lobbing you know magic at them, and what the fuck? So over a course of time, they'd realize, oh yeah, that that hamlet that we completely destroyed, they're they hired, they have a bounty on our head. There you go for accountability. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, I would say that they're probably going to find out from like a um, they have like a mole in the government <coughs> that oh. uh, like they have like a contact. Oh, contact. I'll say. Yeah. Oh, okay, All right. good idea. Uh, that is like, hey, uh, this is a like this task force has been sent out. Like it, they're looking into this. They're in your area, <laughs> whatever. Like those kind of like that underground, right? Kind of like the you know the morgue tech analog. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the PCs starts a rumor that the destruction of Outback was the work of their rival slash enemy. How does that play out? Uh, assuming their hacker can get on the job quickly, you know, fast enough uh, to manipulate the security images coming out, then that's, you know, that. That could be a possible act. Yeah. yeah. I mean, deep fakes are a thing that happens, right? right? That's mm-hmm. all I have to say. Yep. It's a deep fake. Yeah, if you can put out enough conflicting evidence. Then I mean, in our in our universe of fake news, 
so with me, it would be to, uh, the rumor. To, I, there would be some things that would go on. Like um, I think I would have, depending on successes and such, in time yeah. things take time <coughs> to travel. To, if the PCs are in like you know seven or eight towns away, it would take time for this stuff to sort of <coughs> trickle back in. And it also depends on who the lead lord of the land is as well. If one of the little hamlets, went out, how how that would affect. So I think it'd be a little more complicated than that. But it would certainly throw an interesting wrench in the monkey works. It, I think I, that would be something that I would hold on to. Now, now the the rivals have it out for the players as well. So not only does the hamlet still have bounty hunters after them, and the and the bounty is still active, but the rivals are pissed, and so they're also hunting them. So the right. players would be basically chased. From both sides. So, uh, mm. question five actually makes me wonder how just carried away the players got yeah, in right. the first <coughs> section of it. Because did they go around and like take out everyone that saw their faces? Right. Yeah, like, carried how away carried is different away from is this. Is what, away. Right, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I uh, would also say the like setup for this. Is is missing the conversation you had with your players at the beginning about tone? And, uh, Seriously, <laughs> and because um, I don't think I like I, I wouldn't. Um, that's the wrong word to say. I wouldn't allow a game to get to this point. But if this was happening, I would say, okay. So if you push this button, your characters are now wanted fugitives forever. Is that what you mean to do? Because there's no other way to construe this action, um, and and is that the character you want to play? Just checking. Oh no, that's oh okay. You had a different idea. What what is your idea of what's going to happen next? And have a conversation about that. Um, the, this this is something the the adversarial GM lets play out of like oh gotcha. You just committed a war crime. Now now your character's screwed, and I'm going to get you. Now everyone's out for you. Right. So at the same time, like, I think this could lead to, at least in my scenario, where it was an accident. Mm. And it was kind of like, we attempted big magic and it backfired in in an equal, like, measure or a bigger measure. Mm-hmm. That there's a redemption arc to be had there. Sure. Mm-hmm. That, like, so they start a rumor that the destruction of the Outback was working their rival or enemies in order to deflect attention from them while they work to solve the problem. <coughs> yeah. Like how do I how do I undo how do we undo what we have accidentally done? Um and I would say that's an interesting like or to me like that's a more easy to sit with as a GM. Yeah. Like we mass murdered innocents and we're calling ourselves the heroes here. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, yeah, you gotta give them a chance to try to, sit, to redeem themselves. Exactly. If, if they just say, yeah, fuck them. It's just a small village. Fuck the villagers. And then you're like, mm-hmm. And then I'm noping out of that yeah. game and those people, which yeah. like, like... Cool, I don't want to run a game for you, psychopaths. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or you agree that like, okay, we're turning this into an evil game. Well... Like, we're... We're evil now, and we're going to go down the evil path. But also what would be interesting to me, like, in in this is, like, okay, well, the government conscripts your enemy. Your enemy is now working for the government. Right. And has all this, like, <coughs> autonomy of action that is sanctioned by mm. the government, but also still hates you. Yeah, but see, there's that, there's that moral gray area, depending on who you... Who th- who the liege lord is, he might just say, you know, well, there's a small inconsequential hamlet, you guys clearly have power, I want to use you, or you guys are really dangerous, get the hell out of my lands, uh, or, 
I mean, life can be sort of. I hate to say or, it. Or life you're was, really dangerous. Please get out of my. Please lands. get out of my <laughs> lands. <laughs> it's. It. I don't know. It's. There's a lot of variables depending on on your. Your overarching world, yeah, right. your, yeah. I guess, and, and I guess that goes back to I the tone. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I feel like there are too many variables yeah. for me to give like substantial answers. Right. I, I could see something like this happening in a vampire game. I see. Yeah. I mean, well, but vampires are evil. But they're yeah. already that's, monsters. And that's, we monsters. that's the agreement at the table. Yes. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's like with our vampire game, we had the the conversation amongst everyone before we start playing that it's like you are the monsters here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you are monsters amongst monsters, and bad things will happen. Now, I, I don't know if anyone's interested. Let, let's tweak this, and I'll, I'll present something that actually happened in a D and D game I was running. So, D and D setting, um, characters were at the tavern. They were supposed to meet with somebody the next morning, so they were supposed to spend the night here um, to meet with the mayor or the mayor's daughter or something like that. Um, well, one of them ends up, oh no, they were going to meet with the mayor. One of them um, meets the mayor's daughter, an adult daughter, and they go upstairs and have adult times. Um, and then when she comes downstairs, her brother's at the tavern, and he is I- inappropriately um, misogynist about the relationship, and a tavern brawl breaks out, uh, there are a couple bad rolls, and a lantern <coughs> gets knocked over, and the tavern catches on fire, it's put out, you know, people escape. Like no, no one's killed, right? But the group is Im- is obviously and immediately responsible for the tavern fire, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to need a lot of gold to be repaired. And the mayor, it, who was going to pay them to do a job, now expects them to do it for free. Um, you know, so in that case, well, when all that, you, you know, what, what would be the immediate response from the people of Outback for to the group who just set the inn on fire? Is it an inn or a pub? Um, <laughs> I don't know the I don't difference. Think it there the are rooms upstairs, reaction. but it's a bar with rooms upstairs. A tavern. It's an inn. Okay, it's an, ta- inn. an inn. An inn. Yeah. Inn has places to sleep. A pub or a tavern just has okay. a place to so drink. So it's an inn. It's an inn. Uh, Is it more? Are you more? asking us? <laughs> yeah. Like if we if we re uh, jig this a little bit to so they burnt down the tavern. They, they so there, down is the tavern. A, there isn't, isn't a mass murder. Yeah. There, no one got killed. Right. The tavern's very damaged, or the inn is damaged and it needs to be repaired. It's not gone. Okay. Right. Yeah. I but think. it's like the main thing. Like everyone who comes through this is a big crossroads town. All the farmers go there at the end of a long day yeah. to wet their whistle. Yeah. Right? All the caravans, you know, go, go in there. It's like it's like if you burned down the rest stop in a one yes. stoplight town right. and it's like okay well now the major source <coughs> of income for this town because it all kind of hinges around this truck stop right, is broken you right. have by extension broken the entire economy of the one stoplight in a fantasy game pitchforks in a modern game, lawyers. I'm, well, I, I I'm, I'm actually thinking like I'm thinking like a town in Ireland. It's their one pub. You burned down their one pub. They are pissed. Right. This is their one place to drink and party, and <coughs> you burned it down. They're mad. So not, sorry. not just drink, but the whole community, the whole to community meet together. together. Right. So it's they're going to call the local constabulary. Yeah. Important. Or or an American Midwest uh, freeway town. You know where yeah. you've got the truck stop gas station, the one right <laughs> right that goes up. And that's what I was thinking of, like, yeah. in that modern setting. Well, insurance would cover it, right? I mean, yeah. n- n- kind of, but in the meantime, because insur- excuse me, insurance takes a long time. Yeah. 
you're going to be responsible for like finding contractors and putting up the gut funds yeah, and you're going to be embroiled. getting the estimates ahead of time like also you're probably going to get leads on your whatever your paychecks are yep. like if you have jobs coming in know that like that money is all going to go to rebuilding <laughs> the truck stop I'll just freeform magic it and back into being and then leave. Well, great. I think everyone awesome. would be well, grateful if you did that. magic that your uh, the building back into yes. place and off you go. Sorry, yeah, guys. Sorry. Except that's Sorry. the big magic that accidentally erased the town's <laughs> existence. <laughs> the Thank you. The Thanks for bringing gone. that back around. I love it. Okay. All right. We got one left. Mm. Uh, uh, feedback from Jim Toe. Hey, crew. Oh, long time listener, by the way. Yes. Probably Thank 10 years oh, wow. plus. Oh, awesome. Long time listener. Well, congratulations, Jim Tao. He's actually been here. He's actually was in the studio when we used to record in there. He came out here for oh, cool. work, work once. I think I still have your Sabbath World's book. Whoops, <laughs> 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 he signed it all. Sorry. Um, no. Hey, crew. Listening to uh, Season 25, Episode 19. And that player's reaction to his character's death brought up something that my best friend once told me about a game he played that was so incredibly stupid I must have buried it away in the bottom of my brain. Thanks for dredging it up, you jerks. You're welcome. Uh, Actually, it wasn't us, it was the letter, but anyway. Uh, yeah, blame whoever wrote wrote in about his friend who had depression about their characters dying. Maybe. My buddy Sean was playing in a D&D game many years ago with five other people. One of the other players, Frank, had a rogue that he was overly proud of. It's always the rogue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes wrong. it's the bard. It's never the paladin. He spent a lot of time min-maxing this character to get him just right. Out of game, he couldn't shut up about him. In game, he was the roguiest rogue who ever done rogued. Yep. He was the coolest of the cool, and he was invincible until he wasn't and got himself killed. Uh, Frank was distraught. He lamented the fate of his ultimate rogue the rest of the session. The session ended, and everyone went home. This is where it gets good. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The next day, Sean found himself tagged. Sean is the original friend, in case case we lost track. Not the roguey rogue. No. Uh, Sean found himself tagged on a Facebook post with a few dozen other people. Few dozen. Few dozen. Six people in the game. Yes. I mean, tagged he, a few he, dozen. he points that out there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's at least 30 people. <laughs> I mean, if you think, like, that's at least 36 that's, other people. That's what I would say, yeah. Uh, Frank had created a Facebook post that was functioning as an online wake for his rogue. Oh boy. He yeah. rambled. I feel like I know this guy. <laughs> he rambled on about his dipshit rogue for multiple paragraphs and then invited everyone to share their favorite memory of his rogue. Uh, it's when he died, Frank. <laughs> 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 now, <laughs> that's so <Perfect>. good. <laughs> that's my favorite memory. <clears throat> now, keep in mind, he tagged over two dozen people, so I guess it was over twenty-four people, not thirty-six, as we were assuming with the few. Uh, but there were only six players in the game. It certain—I mean, maybe including the GM—that would 
be perfect. Uh, it turns out he was fully expecting people that had never played in the game, people that he had merely spoken to about his character to type out their favorite rogue story that he had told them about. Yeah. None of them remember them because they, f- they tuned they, him out. Yeah. They tuned out as soon as he, st- as he said, this one time I rogue. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about my character. <laughs> I have a 14th level rogue. I'd like to tell you about my character. Actually, I, I, I would like to... In his head, I am sure he thought he wove tales of the rogue's prowess and ingenuity and unending masculinity. Yeah, that adds up. <laughs> I mean, it sounds legit, I guess. In my head, I am picturing a coworker in the break room, hunched, yes. shrinking back into the corner, eyes darting around like a trapped animal looking for a way out of certain death, while other coworkers walk into the break room, see what's going on, and then turn around and run like they accidentally caught the boss begging a secretary at the company Christmas party. <laughs> Talk about masculinity. Yeah. Um, so Sean ignores this post for a few hours, but when he finally comes back to it, he decides to text one of the other players first and ask, like, hey, is this, is this fucked up or what? <laughs> this is when he finds out that Frank has started texting and calling some of the other people that were tagged on the post, and I swear to whatever God you believe in, I am not making this up, berating them for not participating, (laughs) or in one case, not participating enough. (laughs) Because apparently, sorry for your loss on a Facebook post about an imaginary D&D character just isn't fucking good enough. It's not like people don't use social media for validation all the time anyway. Oh, guys, my pet died, and then you I get mean, a litany just... of, oh, I'm sorry for your but losses. the pet was real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a, a real creature that was part of their lives. If, if you want people to send your thoughts and prayers, you should you should talk about gun violence. And, and you should be willing to accept their thoughts and prayers, not... Not expect them and berate them if you don't get them. Right. Okay. So Sean Scrappy died. You people were evil. Sean, taking the high road here, didn't participate and never heard from Frank about the post. He assumes someone finally went to Frank and told him to knock it the fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I have never met Frank, a fact I remain grateful for. So were the rest of us. Uh, but I am told he will still bring up his rogue oh. four or five times a year, regardless of what you're talking about. Sure. Okay. Y- you could be having an intense conversation about the best oven cleaners, <laughs> and, fro- and Frank oh, will pull out his shoehorn <laughs> and work his rogue into the conversation. Let me tell you about that time we were we were in D&D and I had this oven that was on fire, and here I was... Oh boy, my rogue. I mean, oven cleaners, right? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> know what know I mean? What I mean? Um, which brings me to my question. What is the dumbest, most ridiculous thing you've ever had a player do? In-game, out-of-game, maybe a stupid act, maybe the worst excuse in history for missing a session, whatever. One last thing. If jackers are going to be, uh, if any jackers are going to be at GearyCon in the Lake Geneva, Wisconsin? Yes. Uh, in, in late March... I will be there all days working at the TPK Games booth. Come say hello. However, if you see me writing in a notebook, please don't bother me. I will be keeping strict time records <laughs> so I can have a meaningful experience at the Gygax Family Convention. Yeah. Jinto. 
P.S. One more last thing. I don't think that's how last things work. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, you will also find me at GameCon in Cedar Rapids in late February. Look for the short guy in the red hoodie that says "Backa" on it. You are entitled to one free bro hug or fist bump upon request. We can shake hands if you feel it necessary, but wash your damn hands first. I'm sorry, if you're going to bro hug somebody, but then you think like shaking hands is like more... Like your face is next to their face in a bro hug. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Okay. PPS. So a third last thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if this ever got answered on the forums or not, but what the fuck is going on with Kimmy's mic? It sounds tinny and airy oh. in podcast downloads, but fine on YouTube. I don't know. I don't know. It should be fine. I'm looking at the EQ right now. It should be good. It's her voice. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to punch you on Kimmy's behalf in a second. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're sitting way over there. It's the talent. It's not the mic. Um... <laughs> Lightning bolts are on their way. Like I don't want to be anywhere near here. She's getting in her car right now, driving over here. No, she's not. First, will kick your ass. She's not even listening. Um, <laughs> no, it's cool. She I, knows I haven't gotten any porter. texts about the about the cameras being crooked, <laughs> <laughs> and it is I, slightly crooked. I, I have to say, um, I re I was in a home game playing D anD D like last month, and a a guy's character died. And it was very sad. In that moment, we were like, oh, man, we could... And it was epic, and he was, like, saving us, and... Because in D&D, it takes a lot right, to kill a character. Right, And it sucked, and, and it was sad, and we all were like, oh, man, that's a bummer. And then we all showed up next time, and he had a new character, and off we went. Right. But, Not a problem. Yeah, and we, were, we and we all, you know, like, at the next game, we're like, oh, you know, rip. But, you know, no yeah. one's... Because he's a grown-up. <laughs> and, and speaking of Kimmy, she suggested like if you really have what, a player who's like attached to their character and feels down about them dying, that you could have like an in-game wake. Sure. But like, there's a difference between an in-game wake and an odd Facebook pulling in and like, then harassing them. Other yeah. people wake. Yeah, and mm-hmm. people who never never played D and D with you have maybe never played D and D. Right. And they don't understand what's happening. You get a personal phone call from somebody being mad at you because what? That's yeah. just unhinged. That's oh, there's yeah. something wrong. It is. So, okay, so this reminded me of a guy who who uh, died in game. This is way back in the day, and we were kids. And he was kind of an annoying kid, anyway. And I don't I don't remember what happened, but his character died. It may have been some of our faults, or but anyway. So then he came back the next day, and he was all secretive, and he made Snively, Snively the Rogue. And we quickly ascertained that he had made Snively with the DM as as he was going to exact revenge upon us and like kill us in our sleep kind of thing. So then we killed him again. But he was kind of being a douche about it, and he yeah. made a rogue in order to try to assassinate us to prove, you know, I'll take it, I'll I'll show you. What? That, that's dumb. Yeah. When but we, when we, we were fourteen. When so. we played oh, Gerb's wow. Fantasy in college, player characters would kill other player characters all the time. Not all the time. Four or five times over the course of several years of this game ran. And one of the times, one guy had his character. His character got killed, and then he made that character's brother. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this story. I like That's that. right. I like that. I won't say his name because he's no longer with us. But but it, I'm like, wait, wait, you're. That's the same last name as. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh. And. That character got killed too. Because <laughs> you quickly ascertained he was there for revenge, right. right? By the same PC that killed the first one. You're like, <coughs> although I gotta say, the dumbest thing someone ever did was like consistently cheat at dice. 
We were playing. We were playing. This is back when I lived in when Bill and I were roommates in Long Beach. We had a townhouse, and and we'd sit in the living room, and it just everyone would just kind of be sitting all over the place, you know, yeah. a big table or anything. And it was a GURP cyberpunk game, and I think I God, I probably had twelve or thirteen players in the game. Oh, this Jesus. one guy was sitting kind of on the landing of the staircase that went upstairs, and he was rolling in a box. And yeah, no one's behind him. And there's no one to see it. And then he, and someone else actually brought it to my attention because there's so many players I never noticed. Yeah. But like out of maybe the ten or fifteen rolls he made during the course of the game, he got crit successes like. Eight times. Oh, but especially when it counted, right? Yes, a, a, which is like a half a percent chance. Yeah, which also, groups. like, if you're gonna, I mean, it's one thing to roll a success, and it's another thing to like constantly fudge a crit. A crit, success. right? So a the crit next, success. the next game. So the, whoever the player was that mentioned it to me, sounds I like s- a Bill thing. It wasn't Bill. No, it was someone else. Um, said, "Why not?" Here's what I'll do. I'll sit in his spot. You, you mean B- Bill pointed out who it was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, it was, yeah. No. Yeah. Bill was neither. I, I, Bill was in the. Was Bill in the game? He this, not, he I've heard been, this story before. I thought he may he have been there. in Russia at the time. I don't think he was there at the time when I ran the game. It was dead at the time. It was yeah. with Steve. But but he said he basically <laughs> took his spot, so he had to sit on the couch. And now there's someone sitting right next to him watching, <laughs> and he didn't. He he rolled normally. <laughs> oh, what, what a bizarre <laughs> occurrence! What a I twist. can't imagine how that would happen. Uh, when I first started playing role playing games, I was in college, and uh, I had a uh, young college girl's, you know, taste in men, which is to say terrible. Mm. And the guy that I was dating at the time. I, my character did something that his character didn't like, and his character wouldn't talk to me or uh, or like make my plus one arrows because I played a ranger because I didn't know any better. And it was three point five. I love rangers. Terrible. Stop banging on rangers. I, I mean, them. I played one for like five years, so like I love rangers too. <laughs> I'm just saying, three point five. I can't bad lay to off them. them. I know they're bad. I know people hate them, and I but, but I can't stop them. It's not because. I mean, they were done poorly, but yeah. like fifth edition shit the bed on rangers. Even, even in EverQuest, <laughs> they nerfed rangers because everybody realized rangers could be truly awesome, and so they were really that Banhammer just kept coming. Yeah, don't, get, That's me, how I feel don't like, get me started. But in any case, <coughs> um, so he uh, his character was enchanting plus one arrows for my character. Stopped doing that until I performed some kind of penance. But oh the best boy. part about this being that like he also stopped talking to me, <laughs> like in the real world. <laughs> yes. Wow. <coughs> For the duration until the penance was performed. Oh, my God. He would not come out of character. Mm. We would play, like, six to eight hour sessions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in college you yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 So, like, until, like, I morning. caved, he wouldn't talk to me. That's... That's an... Uh, you should, that's an awesome story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. I head around. <laughs> I'm, I'm not judging, but I'm, like... I mean, I'm judging past me. It's very brave of you to like come out and admit that right now. I'm like, aw. It's a long time ago. The fact that I continue to play role-playing games at all is kind of a miracle. Yeah, I'm. I'm, That's what I'm more impressed by is that you like soldiered through that. Like, oh my god, (laughs) it wasn't that long. Anonymous members of the twelve-step jacking meeting. I caved fast. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But like at the same time, like I still remember now. I'm like, you're such a dick. (laughs) Why did I have poor self-esteem? Right. All right, thank you, Jim Toe, for the yeah. yeah. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, that was it is. that was good stuff. And that's that, 
I don't know. Your story might be better than that story. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Pooja wins. <laughs> I mean, wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, where's the thing with the... I'm going to... Yeah, I'll do that one. We have a new song. We have an old Not, song? We have no, a, it's a, a different song. I, I, do I ha- still have the old one? I can just play the old one. Let's pay someone a little bit of... They just have put a pre-roll on it. It didn't matter. I don't even know if I still have those anymore. Do I have the old ones? I don't know, Stu. I think they're gone. I'm looking. I don't see them. No, they're gone. Oh, well. Fascinating radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to stick it to the man. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've got to get rid of it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Season 25, Episode 20 of Happy Jack's Refugee Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Pooja. I'm Stork. I'm Jason. And we'll see you next week for season 26, which will be twice as good as season 13. Yep. Thank you very much. We'll leave you with a song. Skillful game master, oh, guide us well with yes, ending to avert a disaster. Whether fate or curse or millions of apocalyptic acts, fellow listeners and every host will always have our